My name is Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm the Terminator. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> Say, I'll be back. Like, yeah. I'll be back. That Dracula. One's... Dracula, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you take this woman to watch movies? And do you take this man to talk about them? I now pronounce you a podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Wife, Wife Watches. Watches. I'm your host, Jason. Joining me, as always, is my wife, Courtney. Hi, it's me. It's Courtney. <laughs> I'm here. Is that what I sound like? That's what you do. Uh, it's been a little bit of time since we've recorded, don't you think? Yeah, probably about two months. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to know because I have three unfinished episodes. Yeah. But it is July the 28th currently. Well, yeah. Maybe I'll take that out. I don't know. <laughs> huh. I'll leave it in there so you can hold us hold us to this. Yeah. I was looking at it. Do you realize I I released our Return of the King episode like four months after the Two Towers. Really? Yeah. I hope no one in the world was just waiting <laughs> for that trilogy capper. From I us. hope there was a whole community of people who were waiting. for Well, that. I do know that we have uh, like a handful of people who genuinely like listen to everything <laughs> we put out. Shout out to them. They know who they are. I actually have, we got some, an email, some listener email. We did? Mm-hmm. Oh. From one of those people who listens to all of Are our you going to read it? Yeah, I was just going to read some excerpts because okay. it's kind of a long email. Okay. Who's it's it from? from Aaron Barris. Oh, okay. Friend of the pod, Aaron Barris. And this is in response to La La Land and to Back to the Future. I'm just okay. going to read a little bit. Okay. He was just talking about dating stuff, dating stories, because we talked a lot about dating stories when we did La La Land. Mm-hmm. Just ringing a bell. Mm-hmm. He said, there needs to be a blog, Twitter, some kind of social media account that documents the absolutely ludicrous date stories that come out of active LDS dating, <laughs> which there there's probably is, right? Uh, do people blog anymore? I don't know. But like, there are, there's like Instagram accounts, of, but it's mostly like people like posting their conversations they have. With oh, like yeah. Bros. Yeah. Um, I used to do that. I've never understood the lengths people would go to to make a date fun. Example, I once saw a couple having dinner in the median on some street in Provo. What the hell? Why? How is that value added? I would contend that the more outlandish the date activity proposed, the more average the personality of the person proposing or planning such an idea. (laughs) Did you have any of those? What? Well, I can't imagine you planning a weird date. I remember going on a date in college and asking some people out that I worked with like ideas. And they were like, go do this, go mini golfing, go do these things. Oh, these I hate things. mini golfing. So I had like a plan. I think it was going to do, I can't remember what it was, but maybe bowling or some bullshit. And it was going to close soon. And I asked my date, I was like, we could just watch a movie. And they were like, I would much rather do that. Bowling's hard on a date because you're never with that person. You're always, one's always up and one's always, you know. I just never like doing any of it. I like bowling in general. I do. I enjoy going with like a group of friends bowling. I think it's fun. (laughs) When's the last time you did that? Well, we would have bowled at Elliot's birthday party. That's true. I know one time I like let a girl down easy because I kept, we kept going on dates that were dinners and movies and she wanted to do something else like go to a park or she suggested axe throwing. Oh, yeah. And that was when I was like, I should probably just probably like... Axe throwing. My Lord. I was like, you know, like the beginning of dating, you're really putting on a show. Yeah. Do you think you put on a show when we started dating? No. Do you think I did? You definitely led me to believe that you liked Ocean's Eleven. (laughs) I do like Ocean's Eleven. I just haven't seen it for a long time. 
I also thought you were more into superhero movies than yeah, you were. Yeah, that was yeah. But now, yeah, you did get you did get. I into got them. into them. Yeah, yeah. I didn't lead you to believe that though. Yeah, I kind of read that in. You projected. Okay, there's another part of this too. This, so this is about Back to the Future. He said, like Courtney, I was late to this franchise. The re- reason being, I had no older siblings to cue me in on what is cool. This is the peril of being the oldest child. Which Courtney, you and I have no idea what that's like. No. Um, <laughs> She says it's melancholy. Yeah, not to make you feel bad, Aaron. This is the peril of being the oldest child. You have no guide or feedback on anything cool that predates you. This leads to missing out on some crucial pieces of pop culture. I really had no orientation on anything with music beyond what was played on the radio. I always find that a little very interesting because it was just so different than... Because I have a lot of 80s nostalgia like you do because we have siblings who were born in... I mean, my oldest sister was born in 1976. So everything that she liked, she passed down. So how old were you when you say that you like started getting into things that were your own? Probably the early 2000s uh, when like my sister moved out of the house, my, my middle sister, because I stuck to things that she liked. Like Celine Dion was like a very huge thing. I was kind of an only child in 2004. So that's seventh grade. I started to kind of like things that were just mine. I was into Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and stuff as separate from them and like superheroes. Oh, see, that's interesting because I wasn't into Harry Potter, but my siblings were. Weird. So I think it just missed me because like they were out of the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe. Your age also is Harry Potter. I know. but But like my age was like, your age still is the perfect range, but mine was like the age. The first right. one came out when I was 10. Yeah. So like... But what I'm saying is like nobody showed me them. Right. But like music, my oldest brother, <laughs> who's like 10 years older than me, kind of like guided me on like what I was into, which was most like punk rock. Kind of introduced me to a lot yeah. of those bands. I would say I definitely stopped taking cues from them entirely like late high school. Yeah. I'm trying to think like my humor. Like I feel like my siblings have different humor than I do sometimes. Really? Yeah, they're just a different generation. This is very boring information. But like my two siblings are kind of on the cusp of being millennial slash Gen X. Like there's kind of a disconnect. I'm the only one in my family who's like a millennial. You know what I mean? Like capital Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of my humor, I guess, like what what I think is funny, like from like movies and stuff and TV Mm -hmm. from like, like a lot of what they liked too although i will i do think that unless you are actively attempting to stay on top of culture your cultural like barometer yeah gets paused at whenever you started having kids yeah i could see that so like your reference guide Mm -hmm. um someone at work today someone at work walking past my office said who does number two work for do you know what that's from it's from 1997's Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. And the other person just laughed so hard. That's what I mean. Or one of my favorite examples of this too was at one of my other jobs. They were leaving the room and someone said, bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> and then someone else who was a bit older than we were, who didn't know that reference, went, "Um, okay, that was random. <laughs> and... Just the one-two shot of like the most generic elf Out reference. It was just like, oh, I like just I like know. collapsed in on myself. Like when you say things on social media, does this ever happen to you? And people DM you and they're like, ha ha, what? People are like, I don't even get this reference. And I'm like, okay, thank you for telling me. Wow, I would not even be ever be that bold to like ask someone to explain yeah. something. Just Google it. Oh my gosh. So what, do you know what we're going to watch today? <laughs> I was doing 
weird transition. No, that was like, my oh, most... we need to get on track <laughs> no, now. Dad's no, that, bad. Was, that was a perfect segue, actually. Yes, I do know what we're watching. What are we watching? The Terminator. That's right. It, technically a two-hander, because when we come back after, we'll be talking about both. The Terminator. And? Terminator 2. Do you know what its subtitle is? German Robots. Nope. Austrian <clears throat> Robots. Nope. That's more, that is more accurate. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Judgment Day. Dun, 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 dun. We're watching The Terminator on Hulu. Okay. And then we're watching Terminator 2 presented in glorious 4K. Oh, did you know hell that, yeah. Did you know that we own that on 4K? No, I didn't. So is Terminator 2 the better one? I don't think it'll spoil much to say that it is. Okay. But they're both, oh, they're both good. iconic. And I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Oh, okay. Some questions. Have you seen either of these movies? No, I have not seen either. I have no background i do i know nothing about these movies except for i'll be back i told you that i was terrified of the terminator because i had seen predator Mm. which i assumed was terminator and i explained it to you like it was like long hair kind of i mean exactly what predator looks like like the dreads that it has yeah, like the it looked like you called it like spaghetti, an octopus. spaghetti hair or something. Yeah, it was weird. I I remember seeing that when I was little. It must have been on when my brothers were watching or something, and I thought that was Terminator. So I was like, "That's really scary. I don't want to ever see that." So. Well, you know what the connection is between the two? No. Arnold is in the first Predator. Predator. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's probably why I thought it was Terminator then. Yeah. I thought that until I told you for like most of my life. I feel like you had even told me that because you were like, "Don't doesn't someone go into a bathroom, attack in a uh-huh. bathroom?" Yeah, Predator is actually pretty good. Oh, well, maybe we'll watch that next. <clears throat> do you know the? Do you know the? Um, it's like the meme of the two of its buff hands clasping like this, and they're just like bulging muscles. No, oh, that's from the Terminator. Oh, sorry, that's from Predator. Oh, okay. it has one of the funniest. Uh, do you know in Community when Troy's like Jeff Wing? You son of a bitch. Yes. It has one of the funniest, like, that kind of moment. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers clasp their hands. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so funny. So why don't you use the regular army? What do you need us for? Because some damn fool accused you of being the best. Dylan! You son of a bitch. <laughs> What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? Huh? Had enough? Make it easy on yourself, Dutch. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You never did know when to quit, huh? Damn good to see you, Dutch. What else do you know about these movies? Um, I'll be back. Okay. Come with me if you want to live. Oh, you do know that the one. The literal only things I know about this movie. Okay. Like plots? Sarah, Sarah Connor. I know it, she is, exists. Is who? I have no idea. Okay. I just know the name. Do you know who's in the movie? Well, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. I don't know who plays Sarah Connor. I do. I have known at one point. Who is it? Linda Hamilton. Okay. I have not known that at one point. Yeah, I don't. I, I, don't, I don't really. I didn't think you did. I was thinking it was like Jennifer Connelly or like the girl who's in Princess Bride. No. Right age, but. Okay. Do you know who directed these movies? Mm-mm. Um, he directed one of your favorite movies about a boat done an episode on this podcast oh james cameron that's right oh wow so you have no idea of like the direction of the storyline or anything no clue wow do you even know how many terminator movies there are five there are six. Oh, i was close two seasons of a tv show 
but the continuity is all weird. Yeah, that sounds weird. Um, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. Okay. You know, wow. I was going to say there are probably three iconic lines from these two movies. Okay. So we have. You named two of them. I'll be back. Yes. Come with me if you want to live. Yep. What's the third? Well, do you want me to tell you or do you want to I see if guess. you noticed it? No, I want you to tell me, but like I want, give me a hint. This has some Spanish. Hasta la vista, baby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How, how, why do you know that? Why I do you, don't know. Why it's do you know like, those lines? It's like just in the zeitgeist, right? You know the come with me if you want to live because I, I explained that to you once. I knew it before. You did? Yeah, I've always known that. Oh. I had brothers who watched these movies. Okay. Because one of my favorite jokes in Community in the paintball episode is when Abed says, Come with me if you don't want paint on your clothes. <laughs> and it's just pitch perfect. Yeah, that's good. Wow, okay, so you know those other ones, but you don't know the context. No. But you know... But don't you feel like those were everywhere in the yes, 90s? Yes, yes. Okay, oh, yes. so yeah, that's why I know them. Okay, well, because um, I'm going to tell you a little bit my what my relationship with these movies is. Okay. Bit. Terminator 1 is 84, 2 is 91. Okay. Wow, Term- that's quite a jump. It is. Terminator 2 stuff was everywhere. Like, I remember that vividly throughout the 90s. It always seemed kind of like scary or edgy to me, right? Yeah. Didn't you see like Arnold, Arnold as the Terminator always felt like very grown up and like this is like R-rated violence. Yes. And like yes. seemed very like... Totally. Like, uh, there was like a leather element to it and like punk, like uh-huh. kid stuff. I'm like, that seems like dangerous. Yes. As and like a little kid. I knew it was like, those were movies mom would not approve Oh, of. yeah. No. Yeah. Like, I could never... And there was also a oh, part where I it was like... never. There was also like an element of... I knew they were vaguely because of Arnold maybe, but associated with like Predator and the Alien movies, uh-huh. which in the 90s, they didn't really do much with those properties other than like they, they did a lot of it in comic books with them. So when I would go to like to buy comic books at like comic book shops, there were always like Dark Horse was the publisher, had like aliens and stuff. They all like lumped together in my brain as like, those are like adult scary stuff mm-hmm. that like I don't want to get in I don't know what those are and like yeah. they freak me out kind of yeah but there was like a fascination too of like I'm not supposed to be looking at this yeah you know like kind of excited and then I finally got to college and I watched them it was also one of that one of those moments like you said where these are classic examples of movies where you know a million references of like the imagery and iconic lines but it's not until you watch the movie that you realize wow this is all from this as I've gotten more into movies and watched more movies, I've really like come to appreciate them as like, wow, they are staples of our pop culture in a way that like I really didn't appreciate. And like there's just like a mastercraft in storytelling on yeah. so many things. Are you looking forward to watching these movies? Yeah, I am. Because I feel like maybe even as year, as like recent as like a year ago, I don't know if I would have been able to get you to watch really? these. It feels like a thriller to me, an action thriller. Yeah. Is that what you would call it? sci-fi action thriller? Yes. Is that what you would categorize it? Yes. Are you saying you wouldn't have gotten me to watch it because of the sci-fi element? Yeah, maybe. I just okay. feel like you wouldn't have agreed to this. You oh. you put up no fight when I pitched this to you. <laughs> I really did. And I thought you'd be like, no, I don't know, like humming and hawing. No, I'm I'm excited. I've never seen them. Well, I would say I put down. I got four reasons why I am exposing you to these. Okay. Hit like me. the first is. Is the this year's the thirtieth anniversary of Terminator Two? Okay. Um, the second is they are some of the most influential action, sci-fi, time travel, thriller, horror movies ever made. Did you say horror? There are horrific elements. Okay. 
Number three, they, especially this first one, which we'll watch immediately, effectively launched the career of James Cameron, who is one of the most consequential and dominating filmmakers ever made. Like, <laughs> he wasn't made. But, like, he is one of the most, I mean, like, two of the highest grossing movies of all time. One is currently back up there, just beat yeah. out Endgame again. Yeah. Like, it's crazy, and this is the movie that kind of, like, propelled him forward. And it blasted Arnold Schwarzenegger into, like, the stratosphere of, like, huge 80s 90s megastar and by the time number two rolled around it was like these are the best of what they're doing Hmm. and number four is especially terminator 2 um it was a significant pioneer in pushing forward digital effects that still look amazing i when we watched number two that movie holds up as well 30 years later as like just a visceral thrill ride why do as you, it did. Why do you think that is do these practical effects or like they used it it's a mixture of practical effects and like some of the first digital effects that okay. it's mostly too that like the digital effects they were doing in the same way the T-Rex scene really holds up in the first Jurassic Park uh-huh. there are little cheats they're doing that like complement and will make it look more timeless but it just is relentless wow. and the second one I recently rewatched these maybe like a year or two ago in preparation for one of that sequel that's coming out. And they are just like, there's parts where you're just like, this is awesome. Like, this is just, it's so cool what I'm watching on screen. It's weird because since like Titanic, in the last 20 years, he's made one movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for like the 80s and 90s, James Cameron was synonymous with amazing, thrilling action. Like you knew you were going to have a good time and like make the most of like a blockbuster epic. And Uh so like, and this, these just like exemplified like what Cameron could do. Anyway, um, I'll give you a little bit of information before and then we'll just jump right in. in. So when this first movie comes out, Cameron is not the director we we think of, right? Right. His only movie he's made is called Piranha 2, The Spawning. (laughs) I think I might have seen that. Really? I've seen a movie about piranhas. From the 80s? Yeah. You, It's likely you saw James Cameron, his film debut. Arnold, he is like kind of this famous bodybuilder. Uh, he's been Conan the Barbarian at this point, but he's oh. like not like a major film star like we think. He's just like an action-y No, he's not the future guy. governor of California yet. <laughs> we haven't even talked about that yet. So Do you the, think he was a Trump supporter? Do you know? No, he like recorded a video that was kind of like anti-Trump. Oh. And they had like a feud between the two because I think he tried to t- pick up The Apprentice after Trump left it. Oh, There's like yeah. a whole thing. The first film is more of a like a low-budget thriller, okay? And the sequel is like much more big. It has much bigger budget and special effects behind it. It's more of like an action, like thrilling action movie. Okay. Cameron was inspired by John Carpenter's Halloween, and he wanted to make a slasher movie on a low budget. <gasps> You'll notice that the story elements of the first Terminator mirror that of like a horror movie. Okay. I don't want to give too much away, but it's like an unstoppable villain, final girl vibes, and just relentless. You're just running from this thing. I love movies like this. Even like the score has like, and this, I mean, it's the 80s, but it has like a synth. Like it's, you can just, you can see John Carpenter's DNA all throughout of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. While filming Piranha 2, Cameron had a fever dream about a metallic torso holding kitchen knives and dragging itself in an explosion. Oh. And that's where he, like, that was the inception of this idea of, like, that's kind of what grew out of this. Mm-hmm. I'll go more into the, like, how he wrote it because there are hilariously crazy stories about, like, James Cameron is kind of insane. Yeah. That I think you would, re- you'll really enjoy. Weird shit, okay? Um, anyway, but I wanted to at least tell you that, like, to prep. Like, the first movie is, like, 
lean. It's very economical. It's an hour and a half, I think. It's just a straightforward get away from this scary thing. Okay. And so I'm curious to think like how scared or like how effective that will be for you. Because that movie's like 35 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. I love a thriller. You so do. Nobody's getting attacked in a bathroom. I don't really think so. That was probably Predator. But they're in Still the jungle. In Predator? Well, in the first one that Arnold's in. Well, we'll see. I he guess. goes. He's in the big city in Predator 2. The year is 1984. Oh, I love this. The president is Ronald Reagan. Top song of the weekend. This is October 26th, 1984. Oh, it came out around Halloween. It did, yeah. It was So was it marketed as like a slasher? Kind of more like a sci-fi thriller. Okay. 1984, Whitney Houston? No. Am I gonna, do I know this song? Y- yeah, you definitely do. Michael Jackson? No. Give me a hint. It's kind of got a long title. It's by, I don't even know how to. Yeah, give me the artist. All right, Stevie Wonder. He's doing something. Oh. Like just giving you a little message. No big deal. This is the only reason he's doing this. Don't worry about a thing. No. Really quick. I'm just going to throw this your way. Is it the song about like superstition? No. Heard it through the grapevine? Nope. I think I'm out of Stevie Wonder songs I know. I just called. To say I love you. That's it. He's just really quick. He's just what he was doing. Really fast. I'm just, I just called to say I love you. (laughs) Okay. Sony and Phillips introduced the first CD players. Do you remember when they were shock resistant? That was like a game changer. You're like, oh, I can like run around now. Did you ever have an activity at church where you brought in like a like a quote unquote bad CD that you broke as an offering to the Lord? What? <laughs> what? Did you ever do that? I feel like lots of people did that in the early 2000s and like 90s. <laughs> no. like, that's a... I'm going to break my favorite bad CD. Oh my gosh. That's that's a joke in Arrested Development when he's dating Anne because she's from like a fundamentalist Christian family. Really? So they have a, they're going to have a party where they burn CDs. Oh. But they call it a CD burning party. So a bunch of people show up and just like burn everyone's CDs and like make a bunch of copies of CDs. And she's oh. super pissed. Oh, my girlfriend Anne wants to have a Christian music bonfire here. That sounds like some mild fun. I think we've got some Christmas music. Oh, no, no. It's not It's not a Christian music bonfire. It's a Christian music bonfire. You know, we burn all satanic music. The thing is, though, the only music I have is either instructional or humor. And finally, George Michael and Anne's Christian music bonfire was underway. I can't believe how many people you told about this. Yeah, I hope I didn't confuse people by saying it was a CD burning party. Great party! <laughs> Maybe I burned, like, 10 CDs from somebody's MP3 player. This is a disaster. You know, maybe you should just try listening to some of the music. Yeah, some of the artists are kind of talented. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Jerky Boys. They do like these prank phone calls. It's it's kind of old school, but I have the tape in my room. I I accidentally didn't burn it yet. Wow, but you actually lived, you did that. What was the CD that you picked? I don't remember. I've repented of it now. Okay, good, yeah. (laughs) Do you know Bill Murray is thought to have coined the modern use of the phrase, your toast? In no. Ghostbusters. Your toast. Is that how he says it? And uh, Cabbage Patch Kids, Trivial Pursuit, Transformers, G.I. Joe's, Masters of the Universe were the top toys that year. Okay. Was it on this podcast that we were discussing Cabbage Patch Kids? Probably. And I told you there was like a place where you can go to watch them get born? Yeah. I saved it on Instagram. I'll have to show you. Like, what do you mean a place? Like you oh, go I'll to a place you. like the kids, like a kid can go? I can't it's remember like a factory? what it's Like called. what is this? You like how do you get? Yeah, you and it's like a patch. It's like a like a cabbage patch, 
And there are all these little heads in cabbages. Where is it? Is it like one it's like mass in the location? US. Yeah. And you can go and you can watch a cabbage patch kid. Does it cost be money? Born. Like it's kind of like a museum. I think, what? yeah, it costs money. You can buy a Cabbage Patch Kid there. It's, that is so it's damn It's so weird. dark. It's so freaky. But is it it's meant still to be open. freaky or is it like... No, it's meant to just be like... It's kind of like how the American... Born. Yeah, it's kind of like the American Girl Doll store where like, you go and you like... I mean, your American Girl Doll doesn't get born, but you like pick one out and then you pick out all the... They have all um, the that's accessories. Just a, that's just a store though. This is like... No, a, but this it's is like, like an a, experience. This is like a growth facility though. Yeah, this is like a science... Like a lab. <laughs> Do you have any questions before we get started? I don't think so. I'm excited. Are you going to have a hard time um, like not talking about this movie at all until we watch part two in a week? I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to tell you now, don't tell anyone you're watching these movies. Not for like anything weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like there's information that I don't want people to like tell you. I want you to- You don't ex- want people to be like, oh, when this happened? Yes. Yeah. I want you- because there's something very particular I'm really interested to see if it's going to like be effective for you. Got it. And I want you to experience it as fresh as possible. My lips are sealed. No one knows we're watching this. No one. Okay. All right, Lock let's it go. down. What's another one? Get the doors locked. Do another one. Put the put the windows on lockdown. Perfect. What's one more? Close the garage. Lied. One more. One more. While you're laughing. The garage so it doesn't open. Okay, great. What else? You got to put the doors that have metal over the windows. I like that you're building specifically on the last one. Okay, what what more? So we just can't open the blinds. <laughs> it's okay, so good. What else? Stuff everywhere. Okay, great. I think we reached critical mass. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go watch it. Okay, let's go watch it. Let's go eat our Jimmy John's. Okay, we're back <laughs> after a long uh i don't even have the word time yeah <laughs> it's been several weeks in the seconds that it took from us to be talking about the movie beforehand it's been a, a, probably a month yeah so do you remember what happened in these movies yes i do i want you to tell me what happened in terminator one <sighs> and terminator two i hate giving synopses but here i go yeah. <laughs> so sarah connor main character and you find out at the beginning like people are coming from the past trying to look for her um there are two people who are looking for her one of them is arnold schwartz schwarzenegger oh miss hepburn (laughs) welcome to their studio what are you thinking Catherine hepburn yeah who i would never say audrey hepburn i knew i knew Listen, Excellent. some people might not know, but I kind of have a beef with Audrey Hepburn. I know. You She's not aware of for it. Her. Yeah. Anyway, so Sarah Connor, two you, people looking for her from the past. Are you cheating right now? No, these are my notes. Okay. Did you think I was reading the Wikipedia page? Maybe. No. Um, one of them is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. The other one is somebody else. We don't really know. And then, you know, they have the run-in at the club. So she, she kind of like, all of a sudden these Sarah Connors start dying and then so she gets really nervous. And so there's this, you know, it all comes to a head when she's at the club. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger is trying to like, they're both, they're both trying to like, it looks like they're trying to kill her. But the one guy, Kyle. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You thought I didn't remember this movie, but. hundred percent. It was good. Well, because the other thing is they intentionally mirror each other in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I'm cur- I was curious how much got blended together. Yeah, so... But you're doing really good so far. Thank you. So he says the famous line... Come with me if you want to live. 
which is something that I knew was from this movie. But I always thought mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger said it. I think he says it in the second one. Mm. Yeah, he does. So you find out that Kyle is the good guy when he, it's looked like he's. they both maybe want to kill her. So they run away. Can I stop you right there? Sure. Did you... I might stop you a little bit to ask you some questions. Okay. Did you think that they both wanted to kill her? Um, no, but I thought in this first one, because I knew the Terminator is also good in like sometimes some instances i was like i wonder if he wants to kill her and the the terminator is the good guy see these are all questions i wanted to kind of ask you about like Mm -hmm. how much you knew about those things but if you didn't know i didn't want to tip you that way yeah when we are podcasting about a movie we sit there in utter silence oh yeah we don't sometimes something might happen and we might make a like a look at each other and write down a note and then afterwards we do that's the other thing about this too (laughs) We haven't talked about these movies, even though we sat for now, it was probably like four hours in total with both of them. Yeah. We haven't said a word. <laughs> and we went on an entire vacation without talking about them. It's been weeks, them. and we haven't it's said so anything funny. about these movies. <laughs> we just basically <laughs> watched them and then like turned it off politely and then didn't say anything. Yeah. So as you go and yeah. keep explaining Interrupt it, me, I kind of, yeah, to be like, did that surprise you? Got kind it. Of a thing. Okay. So I did wonder... Is Kyle going to turn on her and then he's the bad guy and then Terminator saves her? That did not happen in this okay. movie. So did you know that at any point Arnold was bad? Or did you know that they, like he was sometimes good and sometimes I, bad? I think I figured it out like towards after the, she gets pregnant. I was like, okay. He's like... Because then I started to put the pieces together. I knew there was a son. Obviously, you learn that there's a son in like the first couple minutes. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, obviously this is going to be like the son that they're trying to protect his dad. Oh, okay. So that you that saw t- that coming before yeah. they had sex? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm trying to think the first time I watched it, I don't think like when they had sex or anything, I'm not sure if I was like, oh, that he is John Connor's father. Uh, just the one time. Just the one. Only takes once. <laughs> yeah. You know? I might cut this later, but we're, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we might be in the middle of a, a very, very tiny pregnancy scare. <laughs> I have another question too, actually. Did you know that time travel was going to be an element in these movies? No. Did you, he's you like just a did bad you know guy? That I didn't he know he was like a robot. robot. No. Oh, no kidding. No. You were just like, he's a bad guy coming after a girl. Or like- yeah. Actually, when he starts to fall apart, I kind of was like, oh, that sounds familiar. Like it was like in the back of my brain. So what But point, I didn't know that. What point did you know he was a robot? Um, Probably when he his eye... There's like any, and okay. he puts on the glasses, and I was like, "Oh, that's why he wears those glasses." Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and then he just he just like starts falling completely apart. So they're just basically running from him the whole time. And wait, and another question because they show up in like a big flash of like like yeah. a big circle, and they show up naked. Yeah. How how soon did you like realize there was a time travel element there, or were you just like, "What the hell is going on"? I think I realized that pretty soon because okay. they're trying to like get John Connor. That's like made very apparent that Sarah Connor is going to have a baby named John Connor. One of them needs to destroy her. Okay. One of them needs to protect her. So I think that was very pretty clear from okay. the beginning that it was time travel. This part gets a little fuzzy for me. They go to the police station and the police think she's insane. And then all of a sudden he walks in and destroys the police station. Well, they think Kyle's insane. Oh, yeah. There's that whole truck scene, which is wild. And then he like they think that they get rid of him by like freezing him. And then he like shatters. Are you mixing oh, is a that bit. two? That's part two. Oh. But they, they do go to like an industrial warehouse. Oh, yeah. And it's the machine. And then he's basically just robot. His flesh has basically fallen off. And then she defeats him. 
by a hair, just totally barely. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the end. She goes to Mexico, presumably. Little kid takes a picture of her. Yep. That was the first one. Okay, so now let's go straight away into two. Okay, in two, we see John Connor as a boy, young teenager. You know, he's supposed to be like 10. Oh, get it. give me a break. He's I know. like 14. It, it's supposed to be 10 years later. Well, the actor is like 13 or 14. 10. I oh, know. I hate when they do that. <laughs> yeah, all the, the... time. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you find out that Sarah Connor is, so he, the kid's in a foster home. Mm-hmm. Sarah Connor is in a mental institution where she's being abused. I'm ca- Okay, a couple questions about that. Okay. Oh, actually, did it surprise you that Kyle Reese dies at the end of the first no. one? No. I'm not leading you anywhere, but like, what were your expectations going into the second one of like, what is this going to be? I knew John Connor was going to be in it. People often felt this way about the second one. And I was very like surprised when I saw it that, that she was like in this insane asylum that they like, they went that route. And I was like, and that's obviously they do that for effect. Like the first shot of her is like doing those pull-ups and you're like, she's a very different character than she was in the first one. Totally. So Terminator comes back and he's been reprogrammed. John Connor reprogrammed him. They mirror the beginning of the first one where two people also arrive. Oh, yeah. And they kill the other guy. He kills the foster parents. That part was super creepy. He's like, check on the dog or whatever. Honey, are you okay? I'm right here. I'm fine. Are you sure? Are you sure you're all right? What's the dog's name? Max. Hey, Janelle. What's wrong with Wolfie? I can hear him barking. Is he okay? Wolfie's fine, honey. Wolfie's just fine. What are you? Your foster parents are dead. That's a fun element of these movies, is that Terminators can shapeshift. Yes. I love a shapeshift. So that Terminator is called the T-1000. He's great. He turns into liquid. Oh, it's like liquid metal. So then they, they bust mom out of jail, Sarah Connor, right? And he is not like super into his mom. Right? They don't have a great relationship. He always thought that she just was like a nut job. And then he finds out she's... It was all true. Yeah. So then they go to some place where a lot of her stuff is. They get like suited up. And then they go where? All right, Why I'll... do I remember the first one more than I remember the second one? I don't know why, actually. I think because the first one's pretty straightforward. I'll connect some dots for you. Okay. They're going to... The reason why she was even locked up in the first place is because she was going to kill the creator of the program. <gasps> yeah. Cyberdyne. Yes. Yes. Who is, for Scandal fans, he plays Olivia Pope's dad. In no Scandal. kidding. Yeah. Oh, she's a champion. <laughs> I watched the pilot. Oh, that's it? You know, I, I'll give myself credit for going that far. I'll say I that. I loved Scandal. Of when course. It was on. I, I bet. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, so they go to his house. Yeah. He dies, unfortunately. He does. Yeah. Because he's trying to save the world, which I was like, is he going to be. A bad guy? And then he wasn't. He was a good guy. I like the part at the facility where they're trying to get that from from him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, where he's trying to take it out and give it to them. Whatever. They're trying to get rid of the chip from yeah. the first Terminator. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought that part was very engaging. I don't what know. What about it, it engaged just, you? I really like when they're trying to do like, when they're trying to like sleuth. She enjoys a heist. I do. I enjoy a heist. You enjoy a heist. I, I mean, love, this one's I love a good te- like really a heist. It was like a real smash and grab. It wasn't yeah. like a, the Ocean's Eleven team. No. Like it's very time sensitive. I, yeah, I really like when there's like so much at stake. Mm-hmm. Okay, as most people do. Yeah. And then after that, the other guy. Oh, I forgot to say that he shapeshifts into a policeman, the police officer. Oh yeah. In fact, can I pause you? Yeah. Same same question, I guess, as the first one. Did you know 
if either was good or what the deal was with I think Arnold I figured, and... I figured Arnold was good pretty really? quick. Okay. Yeah. Because I, like I said, I Before, knew he was Before like somewhere. the reveal that he was good? Yes. Well, I didn't figure it out, but I was like, I bet he's good and the other guy's bad. <sighs> That's too bad. Because I'll tell you this now, that was something about how they spoiled it, I guess, in some of the marketing. But for the most part, I don't think anyone really thought, all they knew was Arnold was the, the Terminator. Terminator. And then they, they were sending back another Terminator. Yeah. I imagine for a lot of people, that was a genuinely surprising moment when he's walking with the shotgun, John's running from the police officer, the T-1000. And then it turns out yeah. that he just shoots past him and starts yes. shooting. Where it's like, get down. <laughs> and it's actually, it's an amazingly executed reveal that yeah. if you don't, if you, all you know is that he's the villain, it really is like, oh, what a great like switcheroo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also remember that after that, they go to like a, uh, I'm not sure exactly what it is. It's like an abandoned garage. It's got Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a storage unit. So they go there to hide out. She's sewing up her wounds. And then there's that whole thing where he's like telling her like about his chip and his brain. And he like takes the thing off and she takes it out and she's like going to smash it. And John comes over and he's like, no. And they decide not to. I like that part. A lot at stake, again. If given the options of steaks or no steaks, you prefer steaks. <laughs> I choose steaks every time. Oh, man. And then there's the truck part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that part was also very engaging. Got her in again. Eventually, I don't remember how this happens, but they figure out that they can freeze him. And then they knock him over and he shatters into a million pieces. I think just Arnold does it. He just is like, they have nitro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's nit- I honestly was like, I don't know if that's the end of it because how can he like come back from this? And then he does. I don't remember after that. I'll string you along a little bit. Maybe it will pick okay, up okay. again. He basically beats the shit out of Arnold's Terminator. Oh, yeah. And then he takes the form of Sarah. Oh, yeah. As Sarah, he tries to get the John Connor to like come to him probably so he can terminate him, if you will. Arnold survived, comes up over the conveyor belt and like shoots him. Oh, and blows yeah. him back. There's a key emotional moment. I always actually get pretty like emotionally locked in at this part of the movie. It's when he is like, uh, to save you, I should kill myself so that we like erase all oh. like trace of me and Cyberdyne and whatever and the machines. So he's like, I need, you're going to have to drop me into the lava. The robot feels. It's like Michael Scott. We're just office drones. We are office drones. All we do is work. Is work. If you don't take out his battery, he just keeps going all day. Oh, no, your battery fell out. I was just learning to love. Oh, that's actually like, I'm very like invested in his relationship with John Connor. Yeah. And really well done. Really well executed. It's like a very like tender moment and they have to drop him in. I have to go away. No, don't do it. Please don't go. I must go away, John. No. No, wait. Wait, you don't have to do this. Sorry. No, don't do it. Don't go. It has to end here. I order you not to go. I order you not to go. I order you not to go. I know now why you cry, but it's something I can never do. And then right before, gives him the thumbs up. Yeah, and then the movie's over. I want to know, what did you think of the movies? 10,000 Foot View loved them. Wow. They were good. I think because like, (laughs) 
I think because I just my whole life, it's like anything we watch my whole life. I'm like, mm, I don't I'm not going to like that movie. I, I like I go into it with like low expectations and I'm like, what, oh, what really were your expectations? Love? I know you were like doing this basically for my benefit, <laughs> but like what what were truly your like? Were you like, I wanted to I see, probably will appreciate this, yeah, but whatever. I wanted like my my interests have like exponentially grown. And so I wanted to see like why it was so cool and why it was so good. And I wanted to see the special effects and what everyone, why this movie was so impactful. So would you say you appreciate it or did you li- like, I like it? I actually liked it. <laughs> I, li- I would say that I like the first one better. No kidding. I do. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Why? I think because there's something creepier about it to me. Hmm. Like it was just, it was less action, more creep, mm-hmm. which I as you know, enjoy. There's elements of a slasher built into it. Yes. Yeah. With the whole, like, we didn't even talk about like her roommate and the boyfriend and they get murdered and like her in the club and he's mm -hmm. like watching, he's like trying to find her. Silent killer, stalking the innocent woman, systematically killing off people close to her. Yeah. She's like the final girl. You really like break it down and you're like, these are all of the tropes, but just dressed up in like a sci-fi movie. And that's like, that's what I enjoy. I love like a, like a creepy like movie. Okay. Well, that's another question I had because I was curious watching it. You know, it's a shame we're not watching it in the best setting, which would be like a movie theater, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's, it's hard to like be get really completely into the movie sometimes is this actually creepy to you yeah sometimes i'll watch a movie and i'll imagine the context of what it would be like to watch it in the best environment possible right Mm -hmm. and be like yeah i can see how this is probably pretty scary or were you actually like man he's creepy sometimes i think he was creepy something that's really interesting to me i've talked about before was like i love true crime and so i'll think about like how many people are creeps in the world who would watch this movie and be like I'm going to imitate that. That happens all the time. Or like how they came up like the phone book killer. They even like call it that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm even like less interested in him being a robot. Like that's not very scary to me. Him as like a thing is, well, he, the term, like the idea of a Terminator is terrifying. The way that he is presented like in the story is not as terrifying, but the idea that somebody could watch this in my own life, get ideas, which happens constantly with like people who just want some notoriety like that's why i like it's so creepy to me because like her roommate doesn't know that he was a terminator her roommate just guy that yeah broke into their house and killed them exactly she didn't know that like either of them were from the future like sarah connor as she was running from them she's just like terrified see it's funny you say that because i feel like that's actually what like him being a robot is what makes him scarier to me oh interesting because there's no reasoning that terminator is out there It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. Can you stop it? I don't know. And like that is very like scary. scary, That idea of like, and they do it really well of that unkillable slasher he's not quite dead even though we thought we got him he just doesn't stop and i think the actual part where i like felt a chill of that is very scary what i'm watching i think it's right after the club where they get out and they're running down the hallway the alleyway behind the club 
and he is just booking it. That thing is yeah. huge, and he's just running at you on like a primal. I gotta get away from that fucking like whatever running yeah. at me. Yeah, and I actually think the T one thousand is scarier. There's something unsettling about him. He's more unassuming. He liquefies. He. It really is like, how do you stop this thing? Yeah, I really enjoyed how elementary the like makeup, the special effects on specifically on Arnold were, and like yeah. you can just completely tell that he's wearing just like prosthetics and like like when he pulls his eye out that's like an animatronic head yes it doesn't look like him no not at all but like i think it did to people well yeah because they hadn't really seen anything better so it was just like it's just weird they couldn't have made a better model of his face i know that's like james cameron's thing is like he really pushes the envelope of what you can do well so what did you think about terminator 2 then i didn't have like a bunch of thoughts about the second one i thought it was like a good progression of the story though like it was a good sequel i agree it is a natural progression of where that story would actually go when you're watching it you're like of course this is where the story would go next right here's kind of my overview of the two of them right okay i think terminator one is a pretty fun like campy 80s movie right yeah on its own if no other if it had if it had been like a flop right and no sequels had been made, I thought it would be like a pretty fun snapshot of like what was going on at the time. It's, this is what people wanted, right? Right, totally. There's a pretty iconic score to these movies, but the first one in particular has a lot of like real 80s synth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just felt very dated in a very charming way. It's got a great premise. Beautiful as far as like just a concept of an idea, right? Gorgeous, stunning. The simplicity, the elevator pitch of that movie, you know what I mean? It's just like, what if someone from the future came to kill you because of the child you're going to have? Great. And I think by itself, it's like perfectly fun, whatever movie. Yeah. I think Terminator 2 is one of the best action movies ever made. It's one of the best sequels ever made. It's so good, it retroactively makes Terminator 1 good because they're so perfectly intertwined. Yeah, I would say that too. And so much of what makes Terminator 2 special is working off expectations of one. You can't just put in Terminator 2 and watch it. You won't know the setup. They work as like a duology, you know? I think Terminator 2 holds up amazing. I think the action sequences still look as good today as they probably did in the 90s. I want to ask you about the action sequences in 2 because it's a very famous action movie. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a handful that really just like, I am locked in. The one where Arnold has John Connor in the back on the bike and they're going through those like, that what are those called like spillways kind of a thing like yeah. the flood controls and the T1000 is just like relentlessly pursuing them when Arnold has that shotgun and he's like he's like oh, flipping yeah, it up that to like cock it almost all of those effects practical stunts it just looks great and when like they break Sarah Connor out of the asylum yes that part's great <clears throat> and the I T1000 like pursues them and he's just like trying to get into the elevator somehow yes they're just robots right so they're not gonna like shit talk. Like when they fight, they just silently slam each other into the walls. Yeah. All right. Do you want to know a little bit something about? I do. James Cameron is insane. And like, I want to just kind of share with you the unfettered confidence of this guy. I told you the concept came from like a fever dream he had, right? Mm -hmm. When he pitched the idea, he had Lance Henriksen show up early to the pitch meeting with these producers dressed and acting like a Terminator. So he wore a leather jacket with face cuts on his face, gold foil on his teeth. 
and kicked open the door and just sat there in a chair silently. I knew this. A lot of these are like apocryphal like yeah. pieces of trivia. To be fair, I don't really know how accurate they are, but they kind of just build the myth of James Cameron, right? <laughs> yeah. This is like probably the most famous. His pitch meeting for Aliens, the sequel to Alien, right? I know. Walking into a producer's meeting, saying nothing, he wrote Alien on a whiteboard, <laughs> looked at the producers, wrote an S for aliens, looked again, and then drew a line to turn the S into a dollar sign. And that was allegedly his entire pitch meeting. Allegedly, Sylvester Stallone and Mel Gibson turned the roll down of the Terminator. Okay. The studio suggested O.J. Simpson, but Cameron didn't feel he would be believable as a killer. Holy shit. Whoa. <laughs> Did you just kind of want me to sit with that one for a second? Yeah. Orion, that's like the company. In fact, when the Orion logo came up at the beginning of the first Terminator, did you just get like a weird nostalgia and like with old studio logos? Yeah. The Touchstone Pictures one always reminds me of like old times. Is that like the unicorn one? There's like a Pegasus one. No, that's That's Paramount. TriStar? TriStar. No, the Touchstone one is the one with the little blue circle. Oh, and the boom, 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 and it hits yeah. right there. Yeah. That always reminds me of Three Ninjas. Rocky loves Emily. Uh, Orion wanted Arnold for Kyle Reese. Cameron didn't, so he had a plan that when he would meet Arnold, he was going to pick a fight with him so that Arnold would not agree to be in the movie. What? But instead, when he met with him, he was actually like, oh, I think this guy would be like perfect for the Terminator, actually. <laughs> That's the weirdest story. Cameron said that somehow even his accent worked. It had this strange synthesoid quality, like he hadn't quite gotten the voice thing quite worked out. Yeah. When they were filming, Linda Hamilton, who played Sarah Connor, sprained her ankle before they started filming and spent most of the production in pain. So a lot of times when she was like limping when they were running, that was that just was like, she was actually just in pain. Great. The fog over the overpass when they were running from the Terminator, that was bug spray. Sick. They filmed all over LA for the first one. Okay. At one point, they were filming without a permit on the highway. Cameron was approached by an officer and he convinced the officer they were making a, a UCLA student film. <laughs> Stan Winston did the visual effects for the movie. He is probably most famous for the, his studio for doing the um, practical effects for the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. He created the miniatures and the stop motion for, all, for the whole movie. He, his team of seven artists took six months to create the T-800 puppet. That's like the exoskeleton. Oh, um, okay. That was like a... Oh, you could do better? I could do better. You're using a lot of like studio resources. Like This is like an elevated budget, low budget film. Okay. In fact, they couldn't animate it, right? Because they were doing stop motion for a lot of it. And it kind of had like an urgy feel. You like yeah. probably noticed that, yes, right? Yes, I did. Okay. Isn't that weird? Like how can you not notice something like that? I now? know. I even see movies in my own lifetime, like like the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. Where I'm like, at the time, I thought this looked incredible. I know. It's so weird. Or you can see like the seams in stuff. Where yeah. at the time, it was like the best thing I'd ever seen. So crazy. Well, they intentionally had Arnold, as he's still Arnold with like the skin on, injure himself. So that when he'd walk to the limp, when like stop motion was like lurching and walking, <laughs> that they would like be consistent. So it had a limp the whole time. <laughs> Clever. Also, so smart to be like, why would they just send like a thing without weapons back? And to be like, only skin can go through. And even with the T-1000. He makes his own weapon. But he can't create complicated machinery. So he can't turn himself into a nuke. Sword. The built-in limitations are so smart. Yeah. It keeps everything grounded. Yeah, that's true. That it's, is very true. It's really smart storytelling. Arnold, in the first film, has 21 minutes of screen time. 
17 lines and fewer than 100 words. Weird. He tried to change the line, I'll be back, as he had difficulty saying I'll. His pitch to Cameron was that a robot wouldn't speak in contractions. What a hill to die on. That is the most iconic phrase from... 100%. And like you think of him, you think, yes. I'll be back. I'll be back. When you were waiting for that line to be said in the movie, did you think it was going to be said in like a much more iconic setting? Yes. Than just t- to a secretary? Running. Yes. And he's running to get his car to run into the... Yeah. It is funny that that latched on. Well, also come with me if you want to live. Why do I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger? Because I'm kind of stepping on my favorite scene a little bit. The part that I feel the most thrill in my system, yes, this movie works and it's cooking, is when she's in the asylum and running and she turns around the corner and she sees Arnold and he starts shooting the other Terminator behind her and then reaches out his hand and says, Come with me if you want to live. Just chef's kiss. You did it, James Cameron. Like, wonderful. Um, Bill Paxton, do you remember him? He was one of the... Bill Paxton was in this movie? He was one of the goons at the beginning when Arnold shows up naked and he's like, give me your clothes. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that was Bill Paxton. I know, I didn't want to like tell you. Funny Wow. Enough. I know. He is the only person who have been killed by a Terminator, a Xenomorph alien, and a Predator. Wow. So this movie was released October 26, 1984. Good, good Halloween movie. It grossed $78 million, which is two hundred and five. million in today's dollars holy crap on a budget of 6.5 million which is 17 so in today's dollars 205 million off 17 oh huge hit it was huge it was like wow what's very very popular off the top of your head do you know any movie like any contemporary movie that would have like had that kind of success it would have to be like some kind of like a horror movie honestly yeah to have like a 17 million dollar budget and then make 200 yeah i mean i guess an equivalent would be like deadpool or joker both were made for, I think, under 100 and I think Joker made a billion. Something crazy. And Deadpool also made like six, maybe, well, a lot, which is also impressive for an R-rated movie. Hmm. I think critical reception was mixed at the time because of the violence. I don't think they really knew what to make of it. The cultural reassessment now is like, it's a masterpiece. It's 100% Rotten Tomatoes. 100%? Even 100. It's like, I mean, and yeah, it is. It's one of the most iconic movies ever made, I would say. I would say that. Can you believe that guy's the governor of California? Wouldn't you vote for him? (laughs) This propelled Arnold. He's a smart guy. Like, he's very savvy. Like, he also made very smart choices throughout the 80s and 90s. Yeah. But, like, this is what put him on the map. When he is approaching Bill Paxson and the gang, you definitely see his dick. 100%. Absolutely. And maybe that's because our TVs now are very, very high def, but unmistakable. Yes. Okay. It was shocking. The violence in the club and the police station was upsetting. I wonder yeah. if that is much more upsetting now than it would have been at the time. These are very violent, but they're not really stylized. It is very realistic, the violence, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, except for like the two like robots fighting <laughs> idea. But like when he's just going through the police station. Anyone like, could bust into anywhere. And be so scary because like he's, you can't stop him and it'd be so confusing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's disturbing. Yeah. yeah. I might have told you this at one point. Friends, shout out Brandon Fonda. I don't know if you listen to this podcast. When we first watched this, we just could not get over the shot of Kyle Reese holding Sarah's hand, just gripping it when they're having sex. Oh, yeah. And that was just like a go-to thing. So we would just, one of us would grab the other's hand, just kind of like shake it. <laughs> it is so funny. Also, Kyle Reese wears a homeless guy's pants for the entirety of the movie. <laughs> a lot of people already have made that observation, but like, he's just wearing his pants the whole movie. That's sick. You have no idea right. what those pants have been through. Is this technically utopian? I would say it's dystopian. That's what I meant. Sorry, dystopian. <laughs> Got a 
change that. His glasses are, I'd never seen it. You know how when you like, you finally see something in a movie and you're like, oh, that was insignificant. That's part of his outfit because he's disintegrating and his like eyebrows. And he's, he's like, I like, gotta look normal still to like pass yes. to like find these people. Yes. And it's just, there's nothing else to it. He wasn't trying to look cool. Even like the clothes he's wearing is because he stole them off some like street punk. Yeah. Just yeah. I like that. Even his hair being like spiky like that is because it got burned. And like that was a style after this movie. Totally. Even half put together, Arnold is more scary than robot Arnold. It gets very unsettling when his skin starts to do weird stuff. It's like peeling off. Yeah, it's yeah. gross. That might be just because the robot also, on its own, you're like, well, that is clearly like an animatronic yeah. stop motion robot. Imagine telling police like the story that Sarah Connor tells. <laughs> well, that's even why they bring in the psychologist, who I love that comes back for the second one. Yeah. In the first one, he's listening to Kyle Reese tell the story and he's like, amazing because there's no way to disprove this he's like perfect he's like he's built an airtight fantasy that's all i have for the first one those are my random notes i loved it okay so terminator one big hit right the sequel talks happened immediately but they were postponed because of like technical limitations so in the meantime cameron did the abyss he really like pushed more the limitations of what technology could do so by the time he got around to this, he's like, hey, I feel like we're in a place now where I can kind of do what I wanted to do. The idea of the Liquid Terminator was a concept he had for the first one. But he's like, I can't, I, there's no way I can do this. Hamilton underwent a 13-week training regimen. Got like really ripped. Yeah. Like, do you remember there's a... Have you seen The Hunt for the Wilder People? No. Oh, there's like a joke about that. <laughs> I'll never stop running. Yeah, and I'll never stop chasing you. I'm relentless. I'm like the Terminator. I'm more like Terminator than you. I said it first, you're more like Sarah Connor. No, I'm not. Yes, in, in the first movie, too, before she could do chin-ups. She is really ripped. She's very thin. And, like, insane. Believably, like, yeah, unhinged. Totally, totally. Yeah, totally. They considered bringing Michael Bean, who, that's Kyle Reese. He was the first choice for the T-1000. So they wanted oh. to do, like, a complete swap. We just thought it would be too confusing for audiences. I think it would have. It would have very much confused me. I think me. people would have been like, yeah. Well, you would have been like, well, so was he like a robot? Was the first one a robot guy? Like, I, I don't know. It would have been confusing. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm they didn't do that. Because they got Robert Patrick to be the T-1000, I think he is great. Do you know who he reminds me of? Who? Andrew Wellhouse. Oh, 100%. Can you see it? Yeah. They wanted a nice like human contrast to Arnold. And this is where like I love how Terminator 2 takes a lot of the beats and story ideas from the first one and just kind of like subverts them sort of. They argued if the T-800, Arnold from the first movie, is like a panzer tank, then the T-1000 should be a Porsche. Like slick. You always want to like have your hero be like the underdog. So it works in the first one where two humans running from this unstoppable machine. Mm -hmm. Once the machine is on your side, you just have a better machine. So you're always like on the back foot. You never feel like you have a complete grasp. But you do, you always feel like safe with him around in the second one. At yes. Least, at least we have him here. Because he's just like great. <laughs> he's our guy. He's great. Yeah. He's great at his job. Robert Patrick trained running while breathing only through his nose so that he could run at high speeds without showing any signs of fatigue. Whoa, that's intense. And that's he, very method. Apparently he got so fast that he had to like kind of slow down running because he could catch up to John Connor on his bike. <laughs> that's terrifying. They offered the role of Miles Dyson. That's like the guy, the creator of Cyberpunk. Olivia Pope's dad. Uh -huh. Yes, they offered it to Denzel. He turned it down saying, no offense to Jim Cameron, but when I read the script, I, all I thought was, all he does is look scared and sweat. I had to pass. <laughs> okay well i was on board for like the turn down until that where it's like are you oh are you too good for that oh. in a terminator movie i mean he was like kind of he was like, that was like his malcolm x era getting oscars maybe 
I, I am not as won over by Denzel as I know like the world is. I know it's like Aaron, Denzel it's Aaron Barris's. He's like one of his favorite actors. I know he listens to this. So I'm sorry, Aaron. We've let you down on Jennifer Lawrence and Denzel. Well, I did say to you, Jennifer, I'm coming around on J-Law. I was going to say about Denzel. I do think for that role, he was probably too big. Like he was probably too... 91. He done like Glory, but like he hadn't done Malcolm X yet. He hadn't done The Pelican Brief. <laughs> they filmed in the Mojave Desert. And then in locations throughout California and New Mexico. Edward Furlong, who plays John Connor, started to age during the production. And at one point while filming, they had to dig a hole. They could maintain the height continuity between him and Sarah. So he had to stand in a hole, basically. And he had to redouble a lot of his lines because he was going through puberty. Arnold did the the, gun. the that was sawed the off shotgun. That was the coolest part of the whole movie. It's the coolest part. Truly, though. It's just like... Boom! The whole thing, the reveal of John running down the hall from the cop, and then Arnold's there, and then, like, he flips open the rose pedal and just shoots, get down. Yeah. Yeah, And then, like, and then you're running, and then, like, he gets on the bike. When he just cocks it the Uh first time, are you just like, holy shit, Because, like, that's a humongous gun. He looks so effortlessly cool doing it. I know. That's one of my notes. He learned how to do that. Wow. It took him so long. Apparently, like, tore skin off his fingers by doing it wrong. And at one point, he hit Edward Furlong in the head. It, it, it's so awesome. It is. Also, we didn't really talk about this, too. We saw a different ending. Yeah. There's a couple different edits, and we watched, like, an extended one, but it had the ending of her as, like, an old woman. Yes. But then I showed you the ending I prefer, and I, you were like, that was it? It's the ending of her on the road kind of being like, well... Hopefully things turn out well, but now we're sort of driving off into like a maybe uncertain future. You know what? I do stand by that because you spend so much time in that movie. And I'm just remembering now with her stupid flashbacks about that playground. And like, Uh it doesn't make sense and you don't really understand what's going on. You can assume, but like then it happens and she's like an old woman and it's just like, it all comes together and it makes sense. So it's a nice little bow. If you like a bow on the end of your movies, two things. That I don't like about it. Go ahead. One is like it completely ends the story. Yeah. Which you could argue is for the better. Though there's one element. I don't remember if you remember this line where she's like, because she's like having a voiceover the whole time. Yeah. And she was like, John fights the war differently than it was foretold. Here on the battlefield of the Senate, his weapons are common sense and hope. John's a senator now. Oh, yeah. I'm like, no, he's not. But okay, that's like the one where I'm like, this is like a little cheese. It just kind of reminds me of like, I know why they changed it. And like, you know, Cameron kind of has a history of having weirder initial endings. Like we remember the Titanic one, visual effects. So they had Stan Winston come back for the practical effects. But then they had digital effects that were done by ILM. The Liquid Terminator was a phenomenal breakthrough in computer generated imagery. If you were to go through like one of the five most important movies, forwarding technology, this is, has to be one of them. Well, someone could debate me on that. <laughs> Do not come after Jason. No, a challenge is out there. Debate me. What are the top five? I mean, Jurassic Park is definitely one of them. Jurassic Park could maybe supplant this. Okay. But this was the first use of natural human motion for a CG character and the first partially CG main character. People had just never seen anything like that. The scene where he walks through the bars, no one had seen anything like that. It took a total of 35 people, 10 months... And a total of 25 man years for a total of five minutes of CGI in the movie. I'm going to say this again. You could have done better. <laughs> it's, ama- it's amazing though. Yeah. Like The liquid Terminator reminds me of something else. Do you know? 
that doesn't remind you of anything else? It reminds me of the water from the abyss. Uh, Nickelodeon Zalek Mac. Oh my gosh, you're right. I don't know. I had a big crush on her. Who didn't? The opening sequence was like kind of creepy. Yeah. There's something like... Um, yeah. yeah, she turns into. I always thought it was uh, like a like a liquid Capri Sun. The Secret Life of Alex Mack, right? I'm going Adventures of Alex Mack. It's Alec. Alec Mack, sorry. See, you don't even. Okay, well, it's listeners. If it, you're I wondering who to side with, no, it's Alex Mack. I'm only questioning myself because you're being so you're so confident about it's it. It's Alex Mack. Would you want to grow up here? I have to. I'm Alex Mack. I was just another average kid until my first day of junior high. One minute I'm walking home, the next there's a crash and I'm drenched in some weird chemical. And since then, nothing's been the same. Okay, it's the secret world of Alex Mack. But it has like kind of a weird theme song at the beginning that kind of feels like Beetlejuicey. Yeah. Remember. Maybe I'll drop it in yeah, for you listeners. Yeah, please drop it in here. <laughs> the effect of freezing and breaking was done partially. They had an amputee fitted with a prosthetic. Okay. Mixed with shots of Patrick buried under the set. Whoa. Winston's crew built a head-to-toe Arnold torso so that squibs, you know what squibs are? Mm-mm. They're like plants that blow up. So like a fake gun explosion on a body is like a squib. Oh, okay. So squibs could be used on his head. Bullets could blow off a little bit of his head. You know when he's just shooting people with the gas gun? Yes. That part's great. Yeah. For the nuclear explosion nightmare stuff, Winston's crew studied hours of nuclear test footage, and it's been called one of the most realistic depictions of a nuclear blast. Whoa. They built three different Sarah puppets for that part. They scanned Hamilton's face screaming and made styrofoam busts. For the final one that like blows it into dust, they built a charred skeleton and laid tissue paper all over it so that when it was blasted, the shredded napkin would just blow away. Wow. Also, you'll really like this. Do you remember the part where they removed his chip? Yeah. Do you remember how it was Sarah behind him removing the chip and looking in the mirror, but it was clearly like getting down into his head? Yeah. But even though they were looking in the mirror? Yeah. You want to know how they did that? Yeah. Linda Hamilton has an identical twin. What? So... The mirror was not a mirror. The mirror was us looking at Arnold and Linda Hamilton. And then what we were seeing close up from behind was Linda Hamilton's twin sister holding a prosthetic fake Arnold head. Linda and her sister were mirroring their actions. Oh my gosh, that's so weird. That is actually a deleted scene. Remember I made such a big deal of watching like the extended version and trying to figure out how to access the extended version? Yeah. That's because I I wanted you to see that part. (laughs) (laughs) What a, a, what a reverential. <laughs> Why didn't they just do a mirror and just like. Because they. Or you were, couldn't do it with that technology in the I 80s. No, they were able to like move around. It looked. Because it looked. Why not? It it's will perfect. always look it good. It will always look good. The biker bar. Remember when Arnold first shows up, goes into the biker bar, gets like the biker yeah. clothes? That was allegedly filmed across the street from where the Rodney King beatings happened. Oh, good lord. Allegedly on the same night. What? Yep. Are you for real? Well, you said allegedly, so yeah. I guess I don't know. Yep. Wow, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Arnold was paid $15 million and spoke 700 words of dialogue, meaning he was paid $21,439 per word. Hasta la vista, baby, cost $85,716. The budget of this movie was $102 million, which is $200 million today. Right. That was three and a half times the average film budget. 
and 15 times the budget of the first movie. Wow. So it was the, the most expensive movie ever made at the time. It was released on 4th of July weekend, and Good. it was... Good weekend. Humongous. It made $520 million, which is a billion now. It was the third highest grossing movie ever at the time behind Star Wars and E.T. <laughs> so like you see this and you're like, of course, James Cameron's trajectory would is what it was. Uh-huh. It's 93% Rotten Tomatoes. It won four Oscars, sound effects editing, sound, makeup, and visual effects. I don't really have as much random thoughts about this one, except that the movie I feel like is quite timeless, but like it also does just like feel like early 90s. Yeah, totally. The Dyson family's home mm-hmm. was like very chic 90s. Mm-hmm. The computers, those big ass computers. Yeah, with the big butts. <laughs> Even more so was like when John like is with his buddy and he's like going on his like little moped through like the <laughs> yeah. suburbs. Yes, this even though I lived in like Brigham City, Utah, nothing like LA. It just felt like yes, like the clothes his foster parents were wearing. I'm like, yeah. Do you know what is so like when my parents talk about like, I don't know. I don't know what my parents talk about. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like that. I feel like my mom would talk about playing Ghost in the Graveyard. I don't know. I I also did that. So maybe that's not a good example. But like of the 90s, I have memories just like you're talking about, like of my brothers. I remember playing outside in the early 90s where my brother and his friend, they would play um, hockey on rollerblades Mm -hmm. in our front. Oh my God. I know. I know. And they, like, that's my one of my memories of like growing up that my parents would, or like older people would just be like, we used to go to the baseball f- games all the time. Oh, you know, man. that's like my 90s memories. Like, Hockey on rollerblades. Yes. Is there like a more 90s thing? No. And like my brother always had a bowl cut. Like, Same. It's funny that probably because of like, we had no internet and also like our parents, we just also like inherited some things that were like from the 60s, but didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. Like hopscotch. Uh, hopscotch, yeah. I played hopscotch, didn't you? Yeah, I loved hopscotch. I loved Red Rover. Yeah, Red Rover. Yeah. Do kids do that anymore? No. You know what they're doing, right? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I always, Red Rover always like made me feel probably where I developed my anti competitive nature. It's because I probably was very competitive and got like pushed down pretty quick. I wanted to be the one to win Red Rover. Why is no one picking me? You know what? I better just avoid this feeling altogether. I just be, I just, now I'm not competitive actually. Didn't that game make you feel like the shit though? No, I Red never got. Rover. I know I never got picked. Well, it made me feel interesting. Like this yeah, no, I bet I would have. Red Rover, Red Rover, send, send Courtney right over. Yeah, I was like, how come none of the girls are whispering about me? <laughs> Those were the nineties. What were some of your okay. stray thoughts of stray thoughts? Terminator Two. The first one just says Arnold looks f-ing cool. <laughs> he looks so cool. He's so hot. I don't understand his, how his body works. I'm not like attracted either. to a body like that. I I don't understand. I don't understand it. I think he leaned down a little bit from like his like yeah. 80s days. Yeah. His face. He's just like he's hot. He's good looking. He is good looking. And he yeah. looks the best in the second one. Yeah. It I might agree. be it might be the best he's ever looked in a movie. I showed you a scene from Commando where he and Carl Weathers like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. And you were like, wow, you really yeah, like he's, took. He's, yeah, he's good looking. I'm really, I need to do better at putting some context behind these because this one just says 1991 was a crazy year for helmets. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that means the lack of helmets or like uh, helmets. May, Oh, maybe because they don't wear helmets when they're on the bike. Do you know what's so weird is I saw someone on like a tiny motorcycle yesterday on the freeway. Um, neither of them were wearing helmets. It kind of puts a lot of responsibility on me yeah. to like, I shouldn't either way, but it's like, 
you're you gotta be wearing helmets motorcycles terrify me we're never gonna have one i also don't know if i can know how to drive like oh ride gosh one. i don't i think i tried I, just... I tried one time in a parking lot with some friends in college and i was like i don't actually get this and it makes me like <laughs> question how i'm functioning as an adult if yeah. i can't figure this out uh, well i guess i just won't be doing this <laughs> yeah uh, and then this note says the mannequin in the semi truck and then also the Terminator guy coming out of the fire truly killed me when the, they have the, the big truck is like chasing them, you know, in that uh-huh. the tiny space and then just the mannequin, the eighties and like early nineties sometimes would just like flippantly use mannequins being like, I'm sure like people just didn't notice as much as Do you think that's just yeah. like, um, on a big screen, maybe it's just happening so fast you don't notice. We also just can see so much. Screens are bigger. Screens are huge now. So much better. They they were just watching this on a TV the size of your computer screen that we're looking at. I have a question now. Okay. Why didn't Officer Terminator's clothes burn in the fire if Arnold's clothes did get damaged by the bullets? I'll answer that for you. I think they aren't his clothes. He has assumed the form of those. Oh. But because they want to kind of keep the twist intact... Until it's really revealed that the, he's the T-1000 and he's the villain, you don't really see him murder anyone. A cop comes up to him and he's like, hello. And then it cuts to him in the clothes. And you're kind of led to believe he's knocked him out and taken the clothes. Yes. But what's more likely is he killed him. And assumed. Took the DNA or whatever he needs to like. Okay, that, that's but I, actually... I think a, that's why. That's a very good explanation. Remember Raging Waters? Did you ever go to Raging Waters when that was a thing in like the no. late? No, I didn't, Courtney. I okay. bet you did. I also didn't go to Chuck E. Cheese's. I also didn't have one of those so like. It's just one cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. I wouldn't have known. Okay. I wouldn't have known. Driving by so fast on the road, that's the closest I got. I also didn't have like a big wheel. So you rub it in. Or, or, oh, I did. Or a trampoline. My friends did. I had a trampoline. Was Give Me a Five a 90s thing? Or was that a thing before? Uh, that's like a 90s thing. Like Give Me Five. I remember up top. Uh, high five. Up top, low down five. low. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess I don't remember. <laughs> we slurred through all that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Give Me Five. It's like wow. 90s. Yeah. Give Me Five. I love that whole bit. Yeah. Like, like I really, I really it. liked. It really worked. No, 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 no. You gotta listen to the way people talk. You don't say affirmative or some shit like that, you say, no problemo. And if someone comes off to you with an attitude, you say, eat me. And if you want to shine them on, it's hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista, baby. Yeah, or later, dickwad. And if someone gets upset, you say, chill out. Or you could do combinations. Chill out, dickwad. That's great, see, you're getting it. No problemo. Another note I wrote, I have two more. The actual bad Terminator this time was absolutely given too many chances. He had too many lives to the point where I started checking out. Whoa. But I didn't feel like that with Arnold the first time. The last note is just not sure what my mileage is on John Connor. (laughs) Like he gets kind of annoying. He does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. But I don't dislike him. What is my mileage? It leaves me with a question. I mean, like. It really straddles the line for me, like precocious children. Yeah. There's still something likable about him. Totally. Uh, That's all I have. I have a couple more notes. Okay. The legacy, I guess, of these films. First off, I thought you might enjoy this because I don't know if you ever, I don't know when they retired this ride, but there was a Terminator ride at Universal Studios. Did you ever go on it? No. I think this is also weird they did this. The T2-3D Battle Across Time ride. And Cameron directed it. And they brought Edward Furlong and Arnold back for it, and Robert Patrick. And they filmed new stuff for this ride. Oh, interesting. But it was five years later. It cost $40 million to produce. 
and it runs for 12 minutes. It is the most expensive venture per minute in the history of film. Oh my gosh. And it doesn't even exist anymore. Have you watched it like on YouTube? Yeah, I think it is very much like how the Simpsons ride sort of is. Oh. I think it was more of like a VR, you're in a thing. Got it. Or maybe more accurately like the Fast and Furious one where like you're in a thing following them and they're like, come on. If you've been on the Terminator ride, this sounds like something that Elliot Morris would have gone on. Of course, of course, because Elliot, so. Elliot just finds himself, he goes to the Oscars <laughs> and goes on rides that are retired and no one gets to anymore. <laughs> Elliot, call in if you rode Terminator yeah. T2 3D. We know you did. Battle Across Time. There are, I don't know if you know this, four sequels. I didn't know there were that many, but I knew there were sequels. Did you know there are three Terminator 3s? No, that is something I did not know. Let me just kind of hit you through the sequels. Do you okay. have any intention of watching them? No, literally not. So the first sequel they made is called Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. <laughs> okay. out, not the best title. Came out in 03. Arnold's back. They have an older John Connor. He's like in his 20s now. Claire Danes is actually in it. Okay. As like his love interest. That one is fine cameron didn't come back to direct it cameron has not really been involved in any of them since the no, first he's got two. other stuff to do i think there's actually a plan to bring him back for it and somehow it fell apart anyway the thing i think is interesting about it because they subvert judgment day in this movie right yeah and then another terminator comes back that's also a liquid terminator but the thing that i like about it is they realize that all they did was delay judgment day and how it ends is Arnold like takes them into this bunker. They think that they're going into this bunker to destroy Cyberdyne. But what it really is, like a doomsday shelter. The revelation is that every time they stop Judgment Day, it just pushes it back. It's inevitable. I think Terminator 2, the philosophy, I guess, behind it is that like the future isn't set and you can like change the future. I like that like Terminator 3 depressing is like the future is set. Some things are meant to happen. Hmm. Otherwise, the movie is a little flat. Fourth one they made is called Terminator Salvation, which is technically... A continuation of three. It's like set in the future. It's like all in the future. It's kind of shit. Do you know anything okay. about that? Have you ever heard about that movie? No. Came out in 09. It's probably most famous for Christian Bale's on-set rant. He is John Connor. Oh. Are you professional or not? Yes, I am. Do I f***ing walk around and rip that? No, shut the f*** up, Bruce. Do I want? No. No. Don't shut me up. Am I going to walk around and rip your f***ing lights down? In the middle of a scene, then why the f are you walking right through? Ah, uh, da 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 da, like this in the background. What the f is it with you? I was looking at the light. Oh, good for you. And how was it? It's also funny because that was intended to kick off a new new trilogy of movies. No one liked it. They didn't make a trilogy of movies, and they just dropped that storyline. Okay. Okay. Then, 2015, they make Terminator Genesis. Only Genesis is spelled kind of dumb. I haven't seen this one, but it's kind of a clever idea is that they go back in time, change the storyline of Terminator 1 and 2 and tweak things. That's a fun idea. It is fun. I've heard it. It's not very good. Okay. That's why I didn't see it. Well, Amelia Clark plays uh, Sarah yes. Connor. Yes. And, uh, Jai yeah. Courtney is Kyle Reese. Uh-huh. I think it's a cool concept. Kind of revisit better Terminator movies. Yeah. And the, it's another Terminator 3 because it was ignores Rise of the Machines and Salvation. Also intended to start another trilogy. Underperformed, canceled those plans. <laughs> anyway, the sixth Terminator movie they made came Just out two barely. years ago, yeah. Dark Fate. Also a Terminator 3. Ignores Rise of the Machines, <laughs> Salvation, and Genesis, and is a direct sequel to Judgment Day. It is the closest we'll ever get to a worthy sequel. It's not bad. 
Is Arnold in that? He is. Huh. And Linda, Linda Hamilton's back oh. as like an older Sarah Connor. Do you want me to spoil it? Yeah. The storyline is that a Terminator eventually did come back and kill John Connor. Oh. But they changed the enough. Senator? Yeah, no. When he's like a kid, they have like a de-aged Edward Furlong who's murdered. It's like kind of upsetting. Whoa. And so now it's like present day. Sarah Connor just gets these random texts of like locations and then she goes and stops like another Terminator from showing up. And she's like, I don't know who sends these to me, but this they finally killed John and I've just been living with hate for like 20 years. And then there's like a new girl who they think is going to be like the next John Connor. So she's like protecting her. And then it's revealed that the person who's been sending her these texts is Kyle Reese. <clears throat> No, is the Arnold Terminator that killed John Connor. Since his mission was over, he walks away and's like, I guess I live as a human now. Lives in a cabin with like a wife, but he feels guilt over his mission that he killed John Connor. So he's been sending intel to Sarah Connor to stop other Terminators. Okay, wow, what a ride. Also intended to kick off a trilogy of films, but would you guess that it underperformed? Oh my gosh. Third intended trilogy of films also canceled. We gotta stop with these. Here's the thing. Terminator 2 is so good. It's too perfect as a duology because 2 expertly like subverts the ideas of the first one. I just think you're kind of destined. It should have just been one and two perfect little like pair of films. Yeah. I do have some last questions for you. Are you afraid of robots? No. When they show you videos of, look, they made a robot dog that can like Mm -mm. do all these things That doesn't scare me, no. Do you think we'll reach artificial intelligence portrayed in this movie? You don't foresee a future where those robots will be like, well, maybe I should have rights. I laugh in the face of those robots. Maybe I shouldn't put this out here (laughs) because this is now like... They're going to come for you first. You're one of them. They're not, they're not going to come for me. For the record, I would love to live peacefully with robots. I would as well. They can have rights, but they can't. They're, I don't think they're going to like come for me. Who do you think would win in, in the event of this happening? Robots. So we're done. Yeah. We've created our own doom in a way. Possibly. There's also a reality where we're living in a simulation and robots are already in charge. So you I, love love, I love the idea of a simulation. Yes. Favorite character? The Terminator. Arnold. The Governator. He's a good time. All right. Least favorite character? Mm, I got to go with John Connor, I guess. You know what? I think so too. Yeah. Although sometimes Sarah kind of overdoes it in the second yeah, one. Yeah, I would agree. Favorite moment? Uh, you can you can combine like you in both of them, I guess. Okay. I really like the part where they're chasing her in the beginning. I thought that was really fun. I like when they go into the police station. I like when they're um, hiding, when she and Kyle yeah. are hiding, and they're just like talking. I don't like all the big stuff that happens like in the industrial warehouse. I like the truck stuff, and I like when they uh, freeze him. I, I think I already said this, but my like my favorite part in the second one, when it's revealed John's running, and he sees him like, get down, he shoots at yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. then it's oh, yeah, the, the, the release of her. That's a good part. Oh, that is the part really where I'm like, this is working on a level I did not know we would get to. He's yeah. like, there's more dead time than I remember in the first one, mm-hmm. where they're kind of just hanging out. Where oh, yeah. I was like, wow, this is a bit slower than I thought. I thought it was more relentless. Mm-hmm. I think in the second one, it drags a little bit when they go to the desert. Yeah, I would agree with that. That you get some moments of like John bonding with the term and like there's actual funny parts. Yeah. Like teach him how to smile. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like that stuff. Yeah. Would you say they lived up to the hype that I that society has built around these movies? Yes. Absolutely okay. agree. Okay, so where can people find us if they want to? They can find us on Instagram at wife watches. You can send us an email, mywifewatchesmovies at gmail.com. You're right. All right. Well, Courtney, thank you for watching these with me. I had a great time. Did you have a good time? I, I really did. Okay. I really did. I had fun. I had fun. They're a fun revisit for me. I, I like them. Yeah. All right. Well, see you guys later. Well, watch you later. And remember, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs>